0: Amen. 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 How are y'all doing today? Three of you are doing good today. I like that. The rest of you will catch up with us. All right. That's right. All right. Well, it's good to see y'all this morning. Man, it seems like forever since I've been up here. Been a long time. And uh man, what a what a wonderful day it is. Um, uh, I want to welcome you this morning. My name is Darren Gleghorn. I'm the lead pastor here at Northern Colorado Cowboy Church. And, uh, man, it is such an awesome honor to be a part of this team, a part of this church here, the, the, the leadership. And, uh, I get to be the leader of the leadership. It's, it's really cool. Well, Lynette's really, you know, she's, you know, she runs a, she runs a real close second. But, uh, anyways, it's, a, it's an honor to, to get to be here and, and minister to you guys today. I uh, Lynette is out in California. Speaking of welcome today Kingdom Ranch. Thank you all for joining us this morning And uh, we appreciate you guys how much that God is doing there in California because y'all need it you really do and uh, As much as Colorado needs it. So anyways, we welcome you guys from Kingdom Ranch. Thank you for joining us um, And our Facebook family. Thanks for joining us on Facebook live on the website, whatever platform you're joining us on, thank you for joining us this morning. We appreciate that so much. And uh, I had the awesome opportunity to do uh, a uh, memorial service this Friday, and so many people um, in that service connected. They say that we connect on Facebook. I got to pray for a young lady, and she's probably she may be watching today. Uh, her and her husband are. Uh, wanting to to have a baby and and things have not been working in that direction for them and so i got i had the chance to pray over her and just ask god to to enter their relationship and bring that promise of of uh, multiplication to their household right jesus our uh, god said in in uh, genesis chapter 1 to adam and eve he said be fruitful and multiply so i got to pray fruitful over her and so it was, it was really cool. They they watched from Sterling. So thank you all for joining us. If you're there this morning, or you come back and see us later, It is an honor. It truly was. So with that, are you ready to get into the Word today? If you have your Bibles, if you would go over to John chapter 16. John chapter 16. John is the fourth book in the New Testament from from uh, the start of the New Testament. And I love I love these chapters because. Um, in John chapter 12 through 17 is captured, that is captured one night, one moment in an evening. All five chapters are, are a, uh, a picture of one moment. And I, as I was reading this to myself, as I was going over this, what I realized is that what Leonardo da Vinci did in his painting called The Last Supper, He was trying to capture everything that was in John chapter 12 through 17. He was trying to do that in a painting. And you know what? He wasn't able to do it. He was able to capture this one moment, but he wasn't able to capture the evening as it progressed. Because here in John chapter 16, it's about three quarters of the way through the evening and almost the end of the evening. And it wouldn't be just a few hours for Jesus when it goes to the cross. And, so this John was able to capture it better than Da Vinci did. And so Jesus and his twelve disciples are gathered to celebrate the Passover meal uh, called the Seder. In Hebrew it's called the Seder. And it's a it's a meal, it's a it's a time, the Passover is a time that the Jews had been celebrating for the last fifteen hundred years up to this up to that point. And and so um they they knew what was going on. Because the story of the Passover uh, and what it means to the Jewish people is captured in that word called seder. The word seder means an order or a procedure, and so every year they would go through this order and procedure and have this meal that not only um, uh, not only told of the miracles of Moses leading the children of Israel out of Egypt and their slavery to Egypt for 400 years. But it also that seder, that order and symbolism that is in that in that time, um, what they call the Hagada, which is the the order and uh, and procedure that they go through, um, it was it also pointed to a Messiah that was to come. So they knew this as they sat there, and as they sat there in this Last Supper, that John. Uh, points out in these five chapters that Jesus takes the opportunity to reveal that this would be the Last Supper together um, with his disciples. And as he speaks to them, they still cannot grasp what he's saying. They still can't grasp the, the gravity of his words. The, they still have a problem. They've been with him for three and a half years. And they've been every day walking with Him, talking with Him. And so they still can't, (laughs) as He's talking to them and taking them through the Last Supper, they still can't get a hold of what Jesus is saying. So here in John chapter 16, verse 25, I'm going to read this from the message translation just because I liked it better. And I have the opportunity to do that, and I've got the mic so I get to do what I want. So John chapter 60, verse 25 says this. Jesus is talking. He says, I've used figures of speech in telling you these things. Soon I'll drop the figures and tell you about the father in plain language. Then you can make your request directly to him in relation to this life. I've in relation, in relation to this life that I have revealed to you. I won't continue making requests of the father on your behalf. I won't need to because you've gone out on a limb and committed yourself to love and uh, to love and trust in me, believing I came directly from the Father and the Father loves you directly. Good stuff, isn't it? First, I left the Father and arrived in the world. Now I leave the world and travel to the Father. His disciples said, "Finally, you're giving it to a straight." Like Jesus was hiding anything from them to begin with. Finally, you're giving it to us straight. In plain talk. No more figures of speech. Now we know that you are, that you know everything. Do you hear what they're saying? Now we know that you know everything. Idiots. (laughs) I'm bagging on them. I've done the same thing. It all comes together in you. You won't have to put up with our questions anymore. We're convinced that you came from God. And Jesus answered, do you finally believe? In fact, you're about to make a run for it, saving your own skins and abandoning me. But I'm not abandoned. The Father is with me. I've told you all this so that trusting me, you will be unshakable and assured and deeply at peace. In this godless world, you will continue to experience difficulties, but take heart. I have conquered the world. So today what I want to talk to you guys about is partnering with God. Partnering with God. Have you ever got a text or an email from someone that you interpreted the wrong way? Or maybe you've sent an email or sent a text to someone and they interpreted what you said and your sarcasm the wrong way. Notice what I said. See, sarcasm is one of those things that has to be heard unless they know who you are. Because if you give sarcasm in a text or you hear somebody's sarcasm and you don't know them very well, it's very easy to misinterpret what they're saying. And take it to your, you know, take it, yeah. Especially Pastor Greg, <laughs> you got to know him to receive his texts in the right way. But a lot of times we'll we'll see that misinterpret and hear only what we want to hear. Are you are you with me? I I uh, my daughter is is um, classic at this because uh, you know she'll send me a text. And I'll answer her, okay. She told me, she took me on a lesson, on a journey lesson of how to respond with okay. Because okay, if, if you don't express that just right in a text, it can mean anything. It can mean so much because I just said, okay, two little letters, two letters, okay. And she took that as I was mad. Because okay apparently means you're mad. But okay, I, I don't even know. I, I don't even know. I, she took me through this lesson of how many ways that you can say okay and what each and every lesson means. And then you have Kirsty send you a text. And she says, KK. No, I, I don't know what it means, but I, I mean, I know, I know you, so I, I receive that as a good thing. I don't receive it if she's mad or upset or anything like that. But no, my daughter takes me through this whole thing. So now when I respond to her, I respond to her the way that she responds to me because I found out that O-K-A-Y-Y is good. <laughs> Five letters versus two can mean totally different things. (laughs) And so many times when we're trying to, when we're trying to interpret something from somebody, whether they're talking to us or sending us a text or an email, so many times that um, when we're not, so many times we hear that or we talk to them and we try to determine what they're saying is filtered through what we know. It's filtered through maybe past hurts or, or things like that. It, it may be filtered through our own hurts. It may be filtered through whatever. And if somebody, somebody don't receive your uh, way of communication, it could be because they're filtering it through their hurts that we may not even know. And so we have to deal with those things. It's called communication. And so we, we have to, we have to deal with those things. What I began to see as I read this here in John chapter 16 is Jesus' disciples had been with Him for three and a half years. They, they've heard Him. They have known Him through this three and a half years. Hey Chris, I'm just, I got just a little bit hot, so. I mean, I'm not trying to say that, that, <laughs> that I look good today. Just the, the mic was just a little bit hot. <laughs> but they heard Him. They knew Him, yet, they are talking to him or, or responding to him in this moment. They are responding to him through their own interpretation. And they're talking amongst themselves. And they're missing, they're really missing what he's saying. Many times we talk uh about faith, you know, in, in our in our society, faith can mean a lot of different things, you know classically, when somebody comes and says, what, what is your faith? What is your faith? Sometimes we go, well, you know, my, my faith is a certain religion. My faith is a certain denomination. My faith is a, a certain type of system of beliefs, whatever. That's my faith. But faith is so much deeper than that. Real genuine faith is so much deeper than that. It's so much stronger. It's so much simpler than a system of beliefs. Simpler, is that a, is that even a word? Simpler, more simple, maybe. I don't know. Um, that's just that's just the okey coming out, I guess. But faith is much more deep and stronger than that, because in Hebrews chapter eleven, this is from the Passion translation. It says, "Now faith brings our hopes into reality and becomes the foundation needed to acquire the things we long for. It is all the evidence required." to prove what is still unseen. The way that I see us compared to the disciples that were sitting there at that last supper, at that dinner table, at that Seder table, and what Jesus is talking to them about, the way I see us in comparison is that I I believe that we have a deeper and stronger faith than they did. Now, don't get me wrong. I'm not bagging on them, and I'm not judging them. I just see... These guys walked with Jesus for three and a half years. They were close with him. They saw him operate. They saw the miracle signs and wonders. Yet they're still having a problem with communication, sitting there looking at him eye to eye. Where we don't, we have to believe and receive him by faith because we don't see him eye to eye. Not many people in this room has ever seen Jesus personally eye to eye and had had a conversation with him. I mean symbolically we do, symbolically we have. But the re the only way that we can do that in this day and age is we can't we have to use faith to be able to do that. And these guys didn't have to really use their faith to be in communication with Jesus. I mean they're they're watching him every day for three and a half years. Have I said that? Three and a half years they <laughs> will. Three and a half years. However, I can relate with them a little bit because I've been married 26 years and I still have issues with communication with my own, with my own wife, you know. I, okay, I need to learn from you all because y'all seem to have it all together. I mean, we do have a marriage class, by the way. Chance and Gina Skelton over here, they have a, have a intimacy relationship class or a group that they get together. And teach us how to do that because they're perfect. (laughs) But see, the the disciples were there looking at him in his physical eye and still not grasping what he's trying to get across to them. After three and a half years of physical presence, they just, they are just acknowledging his reality. Faith 2,000 years later, our faith. We have the opportunity for authentic hearing, but not seeing. That takes a little bit more faith. It takes a lot of bit more faith. Even though we, we, we hear Him because, because the Bible says that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. That's how our faith goes. That's how our faith grows. And even though we can hear Him through His Word, or hear him through prayer or hear him through an encounter, we still have moments of filtering him out or filtering his word because of our hurts, because of our pains, because of our heartaches, because of our heartbreaks. We still have that ability to not hear exactly what he's saying. Amen? Are you with me today? Am I making sense? All right. When I read this here in John chapter 16, I see the disciples, they're complaining. Even though they're trying to tell Jesus what, the, what he wants to hear, they're still complaining and blaming him for his figurative, figurative communication. Figurative. That word figurative means, uh, uh, gosh, what's that word? It just went right past me. Metaphors. He talked in metaphors. He talked in parables. All through the gospels, you can see him talking in parables. They even, in John chapter 5, the disciples asked him, why do you speak to the people in parables? Why do you tell parables? Why do you tell these little short stories? And Jesus told them, he said, I tell these parables because they don't get it. They, they, they can't grasp the simplicity of the, of the kingdom Without bringing it into a palatable, communicable way of, of of seeing it, and he says, I have to tell them. You know, I have to I have to tell these farmer guys about seed. I have to tell uh, you know things. I have to to refer to death as going to sleep, things like that. You know, he says, I, I have to. This is because they just don't understand, and and basically, you guys don't understand either. But they, I think it's funny because they, they look at him and they go, finally, you're talking to us not figuratively. Finally, you're talking to us like we're not children. And I'm sure Jesus is sitting there going, I've had to talk to you like they're children because you act like children. You don't, you're not talking to us like we're kids because Jesus, we get it. And we get you. And we got you, Jesus. We got you. We got you. We understand you. We got you. We got you so well that we've got the t shirts to prove it. You know, old James over here. James, he's he's with you all the time, and his t shirt says, Jesus is my homeboy. And you know, Peter's been going to the gym a lot. He's been going to the gym a lot, and he's got his T-shirt that says, Jesus is my spotter. <laughs> but Thomas, Thomas, he he really don't trust you a whole lot just yet. Three and a half years, he, he's still not sure that you're able to lead this thing. So he got his T-shirt that says, Jesus is my co-pilot. <laughs> <laughs> we got you, Jesus. We got you. But Jesus is sitting there looking at him like, oh my gosh. You guys are not getting it because you're, you're sitting here going through this procedure and order of the Seder and you're celebrating what Moses did years ago. You're missing the Messiah because you're not paying the attention that you need to pay. You're not hearing what you need to hear. So Jesus says this in John 16, 32 from the message. It says, In fact, you're about to make a run for it. Saving your own skins and abandoning me. But I'm not abandoned. The Father is with me. You know what Jesus is saying there? He says, He says, I love your confidence, boys. But it's when you think, yeah, however, it's when you think you got it all together that life turns around and slaps you in the face. It's when you're wearing your Jesus is the spotter is your spotter T-shirt that you think you got it all together, and life comes at you. How many in this room? Life has come at you. Oh yeah, I mean every hand. That's just this morning. <laughs> but Jesus says, you know, I I I know you boys uh, think you got it all together. But there's coming a moment when you guys are going to run off without me because you're looking out for yourself. Man, how many times have I done that? How many times? I mean, I'm not turning away from my faith. I'm not turning away from Jesus in the sense of denying him. But there's times that I feel like I can do it better by myself. I mean, I think I'm, you know, I think I'm bringing Jesus along. It's like going up and grabbing Jesus by the hand saying, all right, come and do what I want to do. When Jesus is saying, no, you come and do what I want you to do. That's right. But Jesus said, look, you, you guys are going to run off. You're gonna, I like what the new King James says. It says, y'all are going to be scattered. You know, when they came to arrest Jesus in the garden, the disciples, the 12 disciples went, they left. The only one that showed up at the crucifixion was John. And I think he was in disguise. He probably shaved his beard that day so nobody knew who he was. But he's the only one that was there. And he was looking over his shoulder making sure he didn't get caught too. Peter just took off. He just left. Denied Jesus three times and left. Peter cussed a little girl out. I mean, has it, has it come to that with us yet? We cussing little kids out? I hope not, but if you have, then don't raise your hand. It's not what I'm asking for. I'm not asking for repentance, but in the moment, in that moment, Jesus said, I won't be alone. Y'all are going to leave me, but I won't be alone. See, Jesus is not putting his confidence in them. He's not even putting his confidence in himself. He's putting his confidence in God. He says, I won't be alone. Because what his life is consisted of is his partnership with God. There's, there's times in the, in the gospels, in the first four books of the New Testament that Jesus said, I don't, I don't do but what the Father does. And I don't say anything but what the Father says. I'm not going anywhere that the Father don't go. He's partnered with the Father. He's partnered with Him. That's his life. That's his life. And that's the life that he wanted to pass on to each and every one of us is to partner with the father. As Jesus is saying these things to them, he don't let them get a word in edgewise. If you're, if you're reading these chapter 16 flows right into chapter 17, the red letters that are in the end of 16 flow right into 17 and in chapter 17 of John, he, he begins to pray. It says that he begins to pray to the Father as he's talking to his disciples. He begins to pray for himself first. So l- listen, it's okay to pray for yourself. Just don't exclusively pray. pray give your prayer time to yourself. Amen? Because we all know our humanity. We all know when we mess up. So it's okay to start out with yourself. So Jesus starts out and prays for himself. Then he prays for the twelve that are sitting there in their hearing. They hear him praying for them. And then what's really cool is he begins to pray for us. Did you know that Jesus prayed for us then before he went to the cross? He prayed for us then for now. I got, I got up this morning and, and, uh, I, Pulled my phone up and Lynette's in California. So I was looking to see if she'd sent me a text yet. Of course, I'm an hour ahead. So she's not awake yet when I got up. But still, I I pulled my phone up and I had another pastor here in this area of one of the other cowboy churches. I had a pastor send me a text this morning. He says, I saw that you were I saw on Facebook that you're preaching this morning. And he says, I want to pray over you. And he, he writes out this prayer. Oh, my gosh. It was so cool. It was so cool. Because I I just told, I texted him back and I told him, I said, I don't know how long it's been since somebody has really just come up and prayed for me. I said, as a pastor, we give out, we give out, we give out. We pray for other people, but how often do they pray for for us? And listen, I know that y'all pray for me. I know it. I know you do. I know you take time and do, and you appreciate me. But that was just a, that was just a thing. As I said, I'm not aware of it until now when you prayed for me. And I'm sitting there, you know, I'm glad, I'm glad that my text didn't interpret, the, interpret the, the tears that I was crying, that I was dealing with. But anyways, I mean, Jesus prays for us. He prayed for us in this deal. And He prayed that the, the one thing that He prayed for, he, he said, I pray that you would be one, that we would be one with Him. And the Father, as Him and the Father are one. He wants us, as Jesus partnered with God, He wants us also to partner with God. Because if we'll partner, if we'll intentionally partner with God, we partner with Jesus. Because they're one. He said, I want you to be one with us as we're one with each other. And when He in the in the the uh, scriptures of where he prays for us he says that five times five times he says i want you to be one i want them to be one with us as we're one together five times i love the symbolism of numerology i mean i don't i don't put a whole like all my stock in it because it can get pretty dangerous but i believe that there are there are things that you can look at in numerology. And the number five in numerology means grace. When God, when Jesus prayed for us to be one, he said it five times. So being one with him, being in partnership with him is a grace that we've been given. Amen. It is a grace. We've been given that grace. Grace is so cool. I love grace. I don't Bank on everything that I got on grace i don 't think it 's a license to sin, but I do believe it 's a favor to uh, a favor that he 's given us I believe it 's a favor I believe that it 's a it 's a good thing undeserved favor and uh, goodness that he has given us because being a leader in ministry we've had people hurt us we we've experienced hurt we've experienced betrayal we've experienced when people have lied about our character and you know i can tell you we haven't done everything right you know 23 years in ministry or as a pastor we haven't done everything right but there there's been a lot of people that have interpreted are not doing everything right as a hurt to themselves. And, and therefore, you know, <clears throat> when somebody, <clears throat> when somebody gets hurt, <clears throat> when somebody gets hurt, they hurt back. You know, you've heard that, that saying, hurting people hurt people. If you haven't, just let, just put that quote as I quoted it, okay? <laughs> hurting people hurt people, and so we've we've witnessed a lot of hurt and a lot of betrayal. And we, you know, Lynette and I have wept over those things. We've cried those th- over those things. We've been angry over those things. And and that, I know that's a natural reaction. But <clears throat> when we take those things, when we when we have those hurts and things like that, when we want to, you know, people have done those things, we've said. I just, I just, let's just quit. Let's just ch- shut the church down. You know, when those things have happened, we've had those thoughts. And, and, and I feel like God has said to us that if you will trust partnership with me, I'll bring it back around. Amen. <clears throat> I had somebody hurt me. I, this year, 2023 for me and my ministry has been a time of restoration because, um, I had the opportunity there 20, it's, it's been, it was before we started the church, Lynette and I's ministry, we, we were under uh, a certain ministry. Uh, we, we served that ministry. We considered that ministry our covering and, um, there was something that happened. I still don't know what happened. All I know is that the man came in to me. And Lynette, and he says, God has told us to separate from you. And to sever ties. That was the hurtful part. To sever ties with you. And, and this guy was a mentor to me. This guy was a, uh, I mean, he was a friend. He was a mentor. He was somebody I put my trust in leadership learning from. And, and he comes in and he says, we're, we're to sever ties. Don't ever come back. And I'm like, I remember sitting there crying. Crying. What did I do wrong? He says, God won't let me tell you. He said, I can't, I can't tell you. God won't let me tell you. If you'll pray, you'll figure it out. i like, idiot. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I'm sitting there, I'm hurt, I'm angry. I don't know what to do. And <clears throat> cool thing. Is that I mean? I, I took his words and I, I left. We we left. We severed ties with them. And this year at a conference we went to, I saw that he was to be on as a speaker at this conference that I was going to. And you know, I want I want to be able to receive somebody's word. If they're, I mean, it's been twenty three years, and I hope that he's grown. I've grown. He's made mistakes. I made mistakes, and I said um, he's going to be on the same ticket. Lynette was ministering, and then he was ministering. And I was like, "Well, I I want to be able to receive, so I got I got to talk to this guy." Yeah. So I sent him an email, and I just said, "Hey," it was a general, it was to a general email address that that I knew, and I said, I, "I'd like to sit down and talk with you." And he he texted me right back. As a matter of fact, he called me. And he says, man, I'd love to sit down and talk to you. We have missed you. (laughs) Anyway, God says, if you'll partner with me, I'll bring it back around. And you know what? God brought it back around. We were able to sit there at a table and talk with them. And you know what? They didn't even remember. I mean, in one sense, I'm like, you don't remember. I remember. You want me to remind you? (laughs) But I couldn't do that because there's been so many times over the last 23 years that I've sat in front of people. I've sat in front of counselors. I've heard ministers from this pulpit talk about forgiveness. And every time I forgive, I forgive that moment that I was hurt so bad. But but I love what God says, if you'll trust partnership with me, if you'll trust partnership with me, I'll bring it back around. There's a restoration that happens when people hurt us and we put our trust in God, not them, our trust in God. Amen? Amen. God will always restore our hearts when we partner with him. In John 16 and, and verse 33, which is the last verse of that chapter, Jesus says this to his disciples. He says, I've told you all this so that trusting me, you will be unshakable and assured deeply at peace. In this godless world, you you will continue to experience difficulties, but take heart, I've conquered the world. He says, what this world brings and what this world wants to do to us the hurt, the, the pain, the heartbreak, the heartache that it wants to leave with us and bring. This world and the enemy, the God of this world, the the devil, Satan himself, want, all he wants to do is divide us. I mean, he's doing a pretty good job in this country, right? He's He's done a pretty good job. But personally, he wants to divide you from having partnership with God. Because if he can put a wedge in there between you and God... Then you will do it, you will try to do it alone and he has access to you when you do it alone. So if, if we're partnered with God, the enemy doesn't like that. He is scared to death of what you and God together can do in his, in his world. Amen? Amen. And so that's what Jesus was saying in this godless world. You'll, you will continue to experience difficulties, but take heart. I have conquered. I have overcome the world. <clears throat> I'm I think about when I when I look at this when I read this I think about uh the apostle Paul in 2 Corinthians chapter 12 you don't have to go over there you just write it down but the the apostle Paul spoke of a personal struggle that he was dealing with and he described it as a thorn in the flesh y'all ever got a splinter or a thorn? Uh, sorry fly i didn't want to i didn't want to suck that sucker down my throat you know <clears> throat> Have you all heard that, a thorn in his flesh? Have you ever got a splinter or a thorn in your flesh? And it can, you know, if you don't get it out, it can fester up and it can be a, it's an irritant. It's it's just, it just hurts. I I got a little piece of fiberglass in my finger and I could not get that. I could feel it and it would ouch me every now and then, but I couldn't see it to get it out. And it just was irritating. It was just always, it was constantly there. And that's what the Apostle Paul is describing at this point. He's saying, look, I, I, I'm dealing with some things that is a thorn in my flesh. And so three times he goes to God, three different times, not three times in a row, three different times he goes to God and says, hey, can you do something about this? Well, I mean, we're supposed to be in partnership here. Can you do this, something about this? And every time that he would ask God to do something about it, God would say to him, my grace is sufficient for you. There is nowhere in the Bible that it says that God took care of that problem. There's nowhere that says he took care of the problem. See, what I've discovered is that sometimes we go through things. Sometimes we go through things and we want God to take care of it. But God says, my grace is sufficient for you. There will come a time that He addresses it, but sometimes we got to walk through thorns in our flesh. We got to we got to walk through those things, relying on His grace because it's His grace, it's His favor, it's who He is that helps us um, that helps us endure those things. Sometimes He takes care of the problem, and sometimes He gives you the strength to endure it. And the Apostle Paul would go to him and say, you know, take care of this. My grace is sufficient for you, which means that God had no plan or that Paul had no plan. God didn't give a plan. He didn't give a price. He didn't give a a penitence for him to do, you know, say three Hail Marys and two some. I don't know anything about the Catholic religion, but, you know. But, you know, that's sometimes when when you sin, you go to the priest, the priest will tell you what to do in order to get rid of that or to pay the price for that. God didn't tell him to pay the price. He didn't give him a price. He just said, my grace is sufficient for you. You walk with me. Let me strengthen you in the midst of it. Amen? Amen. <clears throat> and Paul's response to this was something that I don't get. It's beyond me. What? what Paul's response. His response was, I will gladly boast and take pleasure in my infirmities. He had joy in the midst of whatever the thorn was. I don't know what it was. There's many um, theologians that can try to say what it was. Some people said that he had a eye pro you know, sight problems. Some people said that you know he had hangnails, headaches, stubbed toes. I don't know. I don't know what it was. Paul didn't ex- express that, but it was big enough for him to say, I'm going to have joy in this. I'm going to take joy in this. I'm going to laugh at whatever's going on in my life. And in that, I have been able to embrace what the apostle Paul did in the midst of my diagnosis. I, you know, I still deal with a little bit of it. I thank God for that operation on my brain, huh? Cause I can, I can raise my hands now and not shake. but there's still an enduring that I have to do because it's an enabling grace that God gives us an enabling grace. He enables us to look at the joy, to to not focus on the hurt, the pain, not to focus on the thorn in the flesh, but to focus on the joy that, that goes beyond that. That joy unspeakable is what the Bible calls it. it. It was also a song in the Baptist church that I grew up in. Joy unspeakable and full of glory. We have to be joy, have a joy that is just, it's beyond our own our own joy. It's a supernatural joy. And I like to call it an, an, an enabling grace that we've got to have. And the Apostle Paul said, I, I will boast and take pleasure in my infirmities. He's not saying, I'll, I'll boast and take pleasure for my infirmities. He says, I'll boast and take pleasure in my infirmities. Amen? Yeah, amen. The Apostle Paul was able to do that because he partnered with God. And that's what he's calling us to do. As we read the Bible and we begin to discover um, as we begin to discover that enabling grace that God has given, when we, dis, when we learn to discover that, then we, when we partner with God, we don't partner with him through our hurts or in our hurts. We partner with him through our hurts. What I've discovered is that there are 1189 chapters in the Bible. 1189 chapters. Genesis chapter 1 and chapter 2 are talking about the loss of paradise. Revelation chapter 21 and 22, which are the last ones in the Bible, are talking about the restoration of paradise. And what I've discovered is out of 1185 chapters, so we take those four chapters out, I mean, we don't take them out and throw them away. We, we, we see those, but that's not a part of where we're at. What I've discovered is that in 1,185 chapters of, our, of the Bible, that is where our life falls into. Our life falls into those in-between. 1,185 chapters of in-between, our life falls in there. You know, maybe today you're feeling like Moses. Moses felt he didn't feel qualified to be a leader of God's people. Do you have a sense that you don't raise your hand? I'm just, I'm just asking this to, to spark some thought in your mind so you don't have to raise your hand. But do you feel qualified to do what you're doing today? Maybe you're like Moses and not feel qualified. Maybe you're like Joseph that was betrayed by his closest kin and, and just for trying to hold on to a dream. He's put in, pit, in a pit, he's put in a prison, a prison. He is sold into slavery because he's trying to hold on to a dream that God gave him. But the, his closest people don't see that and they betray him. And he's walking, he's, he's doing life with a lot of hurt because of betrayal and just for trying to hold on to a dream. Are you trying to hold on to a dream today that God gave you? Maybe you're like Joseph. Maybe you're like Job. Maybe everything that you got from God has been destroyed in your life. You feel like the, everything has just gone out the window, that the enemy has just gotten a hold of everything, that, that I mean, your spouse, your finances, your kids. I mean, everything just seems your job. Everything just seems to be going to hell in a handbasket. You know, you're fighting to stay, keep your head above water. Maybe you feel like Job today, or maybe you feel like Peter. Maybe failing time after time and you repent and then you fail again and it's not anyone doing it to you it's you doing it to yourself maybe you feel like Peter today or maybe you just feel like Paul that constant nagging issue that you've gone to God time and time again and he just keeps saying my grace is sufficient for you and you're like oh gosh (laughs) again? again you're telling me that? Our life falls in between. But the coolest thing is, is you read about all those people. All those people had a partnership with God. They they began to lean into God at some point and God brought it back around. When they trusted the partnership with God, God brought it full circle and brought them out. Amen. That's good news right there. Somebody ought to be happy about that. Jesus said to his disciples there in verse 33, he says, I've told you all of this so that trusting me you will be unshakable and assured deeply at peace in this godless world you will continue to experience difficulties but take heart. But take heart. I just want to tell you guys today take heart. Take heart. Don't be afraid. Take heart. Know that God has already taken, Jesus has already taken care of this on the cross. Amen. When we partner with God in all the matters in our life, anything that comes up, anything that comes up that you've already seen come up or anything that comes up in the future, when you partner with God, number one, He will deliver and restore us. He will deliver and restore us. Or number two, He will strengthen us to endure. I know you came here for good news this morning, but I'm telling you, this is as good as it gets. He's either going to restore you or he's going to give you the strength to endure it. Amen. I'll take some restoration, but I'll also take some endure. In September of 2019, 2000, in October of 2016, I was diagnosed with Parkinson's disease. And i that was the worst news that I could ever have. But in September of 2019, I had the opportunity to go to, to see a minister named David Hogan. Y'all know David Hogan? Have you heard of David Hogan? If you haven't heard from David, heard of David Hogan, his ministry has seen over 500 people raised from the dead. I mean, I'm not talking about that they were just on their deathbed ready to pass and they got better. I'm talking about they were dead. D-E-D dead. They were dead. Dead, dead, dead. And there's, there's been, I mean, I heard a story one time, uh, forgive me, I'm running short on time, but I wanted to tell this. I heard a story one time of missionaries going out into the, into the mission field, I think it's over in Africa or down in South America or something like that. They went to a people group that had never heard of Jesus. And this, they took the missionary and they, killed him, and chopped him up in pieces and put him in a burlap sack and sent him back to the camp. And David Hogan, this bag comes in and they said, this is your missionary. And he began to weep and cry and he began to pray over that bag. And he said, pretty soon, that bag started moving. And then a little bit, God told him, don't you look in that bag. Because if you look in that bag, your faith will go out the window keep praying, keep crying, keep weeping over this man. And as he prayed and cried over that, he said in in a little while the bag opened and the man come out, fully put back together. It was God. He said, well, I don't believe that. Well, you don't have to believe it, but, but I'm telling you. So anyway, back to my story. In September 2019, I had the opportunity to stand in front of David Hogan. As a matter of fact, that's the picture on my phone. When I pick up my phone, it's me and David Hogan looking eye to eye. And he prayed for me on the Friday night or on the night before. And then the next day, my wife worry-warded him until he prayed for me again. She told me this week, she said, I sent David Hogan a message, uh, uh, an email apologizing for being a cantankerous woman. to get get you prayed for. But I went and stood before David Hogan and he came at me. He came at me and he prayed for me. And he says, the Lord says, endure. What? That's not what I want to hear. That's not what I want to hear. That's not what I want to feel. But there's moments in our life that what we endure becomes our story. What we endure becomes our ministry. What we endure becomes what God uses to change the world around you. And when he said endure, I had to, I had to grasp that. I had to pull that in. I felt like the disciples sitting there with Jesus going, what? I don't understand. Give me a parable. Show me something. Figuratively talk to me. Say something besides endure. But I read a verse in Hebrews chapter 12, verse 2 that says, Jesus, for the joy that was set before him, endured the cross. See, when Jesus was in the Garden of Gethsemane praying that he wouldn't have to go to the cross, he said to God three times, just like Paul, three times. He says, take this cup from me. He's talking about the cup of death. He was saying, take this cup from me. If it's it's your will, I don't want to go and hang on a cross. I don't want to be tortured like they're going to torture me. But then he would say, nevertheless, not your will, not my will be done, but your will be done in me. And I'll be obedient. And he was. Thank God he was. Thank God he endured because it says for the joy that was set before him, he endured the cross. You know what the joy that was set before him was? you, 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 you are that joy. If he wouldn't have went, we would have had no entry into salvation. There would have been no hope for us had Jesus not gone. He endured the cross. If Jesus' partnership with God can bring joy enough to endure the cross, then my partnership and your partnership with God can endure a diagnosis. It can endure a, 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 a declaration of bankruptcy. It can, it can, it can endure so many things. It can endure everything that you would ever go through. But you got to be in partnership with Him. I think about Daniel are in the book of Daniel when Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego were thrown into a fiery furnace. Y'all heard that story before? If not, go read Daniel and you'll find that story in there. And that story, it was their partnership with God when when the king threw them into the fiery furnace. It was their partnership with God that brought the fourth man into the, the fiery furnace and the flames didn't touch him. It was because they partnered with God. What I've discovered is that God can partner with sinners. God can partner with failures, but God cannot partner with quitters. He can partner with sinners and failures, but he can't partner with quitters. So today, if you feel like quitting today, I know where you've been. I know how you're feeling because just yesterday, I was feeling like quitting. That's tongue-in-cheek. I really didn't feel that way. Well, I think as I was putting this message together, there was times I was like, oh, God. I just want to quit. Not quit, putting I just want to quit. But if you're in here today and you feel like quitting, let me tell you, you are trying to do this alone. You're not partnering with God. You're trying to do it alone. And if you're wanting to quit, you're away. Now you need to step back in. You need to begin to lean into God. Lean into him. Because he can't partner with quitters. Just confess your humanity to him. And his mercy and his grace will come into that moment and take you where you want to go, where you want to be, where you desire. He'll give you the strength. He'll he'll strengthen your back to endure. Amen. Are y'all okay? You getting anything out of this? Am I even making an impact? God wants to partner with you. And he's wanting to give you, he's wanting to, he's wanting to have you partner with him through his enabling grace. It's that enabling grace. Is that enabling to endure where you're at right at this moment. Your, he's willing to help you endure what is trying to get you to quit. Because Jesus said, Jesus said, in this life, you will have tribulations. You will have stuff happen. But take heart. I have overcome the world. That's where we need to grasp that enabling grace. Amen. Amen. So if you're in here today and you feel like that you want to quit or maybe you're, maybe you're thinking, I just, I'm just going to go home today after church. and I'm going to expire. I'm going to do something to myself. You don't need to, this is your moment. This is your encounter. This is the point at which you have the enabling grace to live the rest of your life and to do what God put you on this earth to do. He didn't come to this earth for you to go off yourself. He came to give you strength above that. If that's you today, I just want you to receive this prayer, okay? Everybody bow your head, close your eyes for just a moment and receive this. Heavenly Father, I thank you so much for this day. I thank you for your enabling grace, God. I thank you for that which you knew before the beginning of time. You knew our life. You knew when we would have life and knew when we would have death and all those places in between. God, you knew those things. In spite of who we are, you chose us for this time. So, God, I pray that whatever we're dealing with, whatever issues are coming our way, whatever... Uh, things are happening in our relationships with our wife, our husband, our kids, our jobs, our finances, whatever is happening that would cause us to want to stop where we are and just be done. Father, I pray for your enabling grace to strengthen our backs, to carry this for a time. Father, I know that you can either deliver us from it or you can give us endurance but Father, I pray that in the midst of both, in, in the midst of everything, you give us both. You give us deliverance and the ability to carry it into the time of deliverance. God, I praise you and I thank you. God, I thank you for deliverance from addiction. I thank you for deliverance from from uh, the hurts and the pains of life. I, I pray for deliverance from heartbreak and heartache. God, you gave Jesus, you said Jesus came to heal the brokenhearted. So God, we receive that in Jesus name today. Father, we're not quitters. We are not quitters. We may sin and we may fail, but God, you can use that. You can walk with us in that, but you can't walk with us when we quit. So Father, we partner with you today. We make, we make this moment about partnering with you. And Father, the greatest partnership we could ever have to start with is having Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior. And I pray that if there's anyone in this room that has never received Jesus Christ, you've never given your life to Jesus. You've never given that moment of your life that you say, Jesus, come into my life. Come into my heart. This is your moment. Because when Jesus got on that cross... He was looking you in the eye at that moment. He knew every name that would be named. And he called you out in that moment before he said it is finished. He called your name and he said, I'm doing this for you. It's that moment that he locked eyes with you. It's an eternal moment that he locked eyes with you. And he said, I'm doing this for you. If you've never asked Jesus Christ to be the Lord of your life, you've never given your life to him. This is your moment. And all you got to do, you don't have to raise a hand, prayer, prayer, or walk an aisle. All you got to do is say, Jesus, I give you my life. You've called me to follow you, and I will follow you. I don't know what that all means, but I follow you for the rest of my life. Take my life, and I take yours. In Jesus' name. Amen. and ask Jesus to come into your life. Before you get out of this room today, we're going to have our prayer team over here. And the the important part about being a Christian is confessing it before people. Because Jesus said, if you can't confess before people your relationship with me, I can't express our relationship at all. So it's important for us to start somewhere. And this is a safe place. A safe space where you can tell people, I received Jesus today. I don't know what it means, but pray for me that I can find that path and that journey. So I ask you, before you get out of here today, if you would, come and see our prayer team. and Just tell them what you did. It's not about being, you know, standing up there for an hour getting prayed for. It's about just getting yourself into a place where you can tell people what you've done. If you've done that online, if, if uh, you received Jesus today for the very first time, you can reach out in the email, send it to info at n3c.tv, and let us know what you've done. And we'll pray for you, we'll contact you if you need us to, and we'll help you out any way we can. So with that, guys, thank you so much for letting me speak to you today. It's been an honor and a pleasure. It really have. And, uh, man, just... Thank you for allowing me to be your pastor. I love y'all. Yeah. Brittany, come on.